Welcome to the Cardboard Crash Course. This is episode two of the Crash Cast. I'm uh, your host, Ethan. I'm sitting here with Christos. Why don't you say hi? How's it going, everyone? This episode is going to be called Project Booster Failure. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, if that's too unique, but we're going to be talking a little bit about the fire philosophy, Project Booster Fun. Um, we might get into some Magic 30th Edition, but we've got a little bit of a unique perspective here in Christos because he was out of the game right before this whole Project Booster Fun thing happened and he just recently started playing again. Um, so uh, before we get into it, I do want to say that name is pending a little bit. Crashcast is what we've come up with at the time, but if you absolutely hate it, please leave that in the comments. Please let me know. We've got a Discord um, that you can join from CardboardCrashCourse.com. You can find everything you need about the show right there. But go ahead and jump in and tell us that's a horrible name if you hate it. because uh, Or give us recommendations. Yeah. Uh, any recommendations are, are perfectly acceptable. Yeah. At this point, I don't think it's set in stone. Mm -hmm. But uh, it is what we're going with. So if you guys love it, great. If not, tell us, please. Mm -hmm. And this is a more refined intro or uh, episode. The intro was uh, more just us. I think we ended up calling it the Fellowship of Cardboard because it was just us chatting. Yeah. This is going to be a very focused episode. We're going to be talking about a very specific niche. If you want to see other specific episodes about those niches, um, go ahead and recommend those as well. We love talking about what you love talking about. So uh, without further ado, why don't I just go ahead and start explaining what's happening in Magic lately? Sure, sure. Um, so I want to ask before we begin. Okay. When did you stop playing, and more importantly, why? And then I also want to see what sort of things do you think have changed since you've be, uh, been gone based only on the games we've played. So go ahead and maybe give your life story here okay. a little bit. All right, so I um, I said in the last episode, or I guess in the intro episode, that I, I, I bought my first packs in like return, or, uh, original Ravnica block. I think my first pack ever was Dissension. Um, and I didn't really get into Standard until, like, around 10th edition. Um, and then I started, like, drafting and playing Sealed and those sorts of sets, doing pre-releases, stuff like that, a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Like, multiple times a week if I could. So I pretty much played Standard as a format um, with all the new sets, with the block format, everything, all the way up until around uh, Kaladesh, where, like, I just started getting kind of fatigued because... We moved away from block sets <clears throat> because we were in cons, and then we switched to two block sets, and then core sets were removed. So, like, everything just started yeah. changing. And I feel like that's where, like, Magic started having its initial, I don't want to say nosedive, but it definitely, like, was, like, a left turn into, like, a obscurity because we were so comfortable for so many years in this block format. Mm -hmm. And that was... If I remember correctly, that was Battle for Zendikar and Oath of the Gatewatch. That yeah. was right after they got rid of core sets and did Origins instead. Yeah, yeah. and then or and everyone loved Origins at the time, but people were still like, kind of like, what the heck? Like core sets are like a nice. It's a nice break in between right. the blocks because you would get like you know you have all cons and in between cons. I think it was M15 between cons and the next set. 
I don't quite remember, but it, it, it was a nice break between Theros and Cons where you have a core set to like sure. just kind of reset in terms of like the story and mechanics, and it also infuses like cards that are just core to standard. Um, like when you're able to play with like all of Theros, all of Cons, and a core set, that core set's a good starting point for new players um, to go to find like what they like. Uh, mm-hmm. So like I I recall. Um, pretty often during that time that like I would like meet people that are just getting into magic or you know I was going to college so I would be like everyone was like oh what, what are you doing there I'm like oh I'm, we're playing magic uh, mm-hmm. and then to get them into the game I'd be like oh let's let's buy you a dual deck it's like 20 bucks there's two decks you can keep both of them but like you can play with the deck five times and then we could swap decks and then you play the other deck five times and then you can kind of understand just like playing those dual decks what you like to do, or even if it's the game for you. It's a very easy intro thing, in my opinion, uh, at the time, to get other people into Magic. Uh, but uh, the reason I stopped playing toward that sort of two-core set era, um, because I played a little bit in Kaladesh, I like dipped my toes in, and in, in Amonkhet, and I believe like Eldritch Moon, and like that sort of period. Um... Hey, when was the last two two core set? I don't quite remember. But anyways, the last two core sets. Yeah, though well, there was a la- the last little two core block or two set block. Uh, yeah, it was Rise of the Eldrazi, Eldritch Moon, and then it was Aether Revolt, Kaladesh, and oh, then okay. I forget exactly. But it was it was, during, it, was in, it was around that time. It was during that period, and I remember seeing the spoilers for M twenty. Okay. And going through them and being like, okay, we're back in core set worlds. I'm happy they brought them back. So like again. It's a really good place for people to start. Sure. Um, they're like magic journey, in my opinion. And I remember drafting M20 once or twice and doing the sealed event. And just like, I kind of just felt fatigued. Um, and it, that might not have anything to do with the core sets necessarily, but I did feel fatigued. And then when I saw the, <laughs> the spoilers for Throne of Eldraine, I was like, this game is taking a hard turn into some power creep because... Thornbell Drain just seemed absolutely bonkers. Mm-hmm. So I, I, what I thought initially was I was just going to take a little bit of a break. A, okay. Just a short break because I was like, you know, I was the type of person where I would buy like a half a case for a box. Mm-hmm. Uh, every Because I, I liked having four of every card from every new set because I was really heavy into going to tournaments and, and doing whatever I could to like be prepared to build any deck at any time because I wanted to stay competitive. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Uh, at the time, it just felt, it felt like... Power creep was creeping in, mm-hmm. and uh, because of that, I took a step back, and then I ended up taking a step back for uh, almost almost four, five years. So uh, now being back, I guess you could talk more about uh, yeah. what's going on now because things have changed completely. Uh, even from like the little things I see here and there from your guys' decks while we play Commander, I'm like, what does that card do? That card has like way too much text on it. How did it, like you know or something like that? Yeah. So you've probably noticed a sharp change in um not just card design but like art design as well just so many different versions of different Mm -hmm. cards compared to what it used to be so what you're talking about is you're leaving right before eldraine when spoiler season was coming out that's exactly where i'm gonna start today because i want you to tell me with just the games that you've played with us um and for those of you listening it's notably commander uh, casual commander at that. We don't play too much CEDH, although e- each of us have a deck that can push into that territory. How much do you know about the, first of all, fire philosophy, um, and second of all, project booster fun, just from the games you've played? 
so I, I know almost nothing about fire philosophy. I've never heard that before, but Project Booster Fund, you guys have mentioned it here and there. And um, while it's a ridiculous name, uh, I, I, I know very little about it other than just like seeing like artwork that is a little different for certain cards. Like like uh, uh, Adam's, Adam's Nekusar is like an etched version of Nekusar. Mm -hmm. And I just don't really recognize that style of foiling and i think he he was like oh they just started doing this like probably like right around when you left like, so commander legends was the first set that did etched that did etched and if i remember correctly uh it was uh, was it obosh it was some kind of dragon that they showed off being the first like etched foil mm. um and then they've kept it to specifically like how each set has a different foiling commander is etched like that's their thing oh, okay interesting yeah yeah so you've you've just kind of noticed a little bit of a change in like how cards look but you don't yeah, know too I mean, much after some that. some artwork some foilings but not nothing crazy i mean okay you guys don't really play foils now seems like so like back in the day like foiling out a deck was like a, a goal yeah i'm coming from a place where i don't like foils anymore they're yeah. they're very poor quality they're they're curled you can barely see the artwork um mm. I like many different versions of cards, but foiling it ruins it at this point, just because mm. the quality's tipped, um, at least in my opinion. So I want to start with June 21st, 2019. Um, so you're saying that you stopped playing right before Throne of Eldraine. That would have been 2019. The very first spoilers announcing Throne of Eldraine happened in July of 2019. So this is one month before. Yeah. Um, this is an article by a abro it's a b r o uh his tag is merc lurker um is just a wizards of the coast employee hasn't made too many articles since then um just kind of explaining uh fire it up is the title of this and fire being an acronym it's the fire okay. philosophy so he explains uh and be patient with me viewers as i uh sort of read this word for word so we can get an understanding of it this is right after the War of Spark, War of the Spark uh, set design article. This led uh, War of the Spark, being that, uh, to the refinement of our core goals of R and D and the generation of Fire. Fire is an acronym that holds the tenets of our new philosophy going forward, as per the new set. It translates differently for the original design, play design, and creative teams. This is what it means to me as a play designer. F is for fun. Uh, above all else, our game should be fun to play. We strive to make cards that are fun for a wide variety of audiences. And uh, if you're reading this article along with me, I am abridging it slightly, um, just to get the general idea. I is for inviting. Our game should be accessible to many people. From play design's perspective, that means to format should be accessible to newer or less enfranchised players. Uh, it also means that a wide variety of strategies should be viable in all types of play. R is for replayability. The key aspects of replayability are balance and diversity. We want to get a wide variety of decks and strategies uh, to about the right power level. All of it's making sense so far. Sure, yeah. E is for exciting. This is where people have a take a turn towards booster fun here. Players should be excited to read cards and play with them. We want to design and cost cards so that they can inspire cool new decks and archetypes for players to build their own. One of the major ships that came out of fire Discussions is how we design commons. Starting with War of the Spark, we push to make commons exciting. Here are two new commons, and he shows Cloudkin Seer and Murder, two staples nowadays. 
Um, so that was the first time they were really pushing commons into, like, staple. Uh, Cloud Seer, not so much anymore, but Murder, for sure. And then Raising the Floor. This is a separate part of the same article. There's a chance to get tapped dual lands in the basic land slot. This is also true for M20. Um, and he goes on to explain how even the lowest commons are getting more exciting. So I kind of want to get your thoughts on that before we move on. Because people don't have too much of an issue with this but they see it as sort of the stepping point, the pivot point towards something different. Yeah, so, I mean, on paper, everything that you just said, like, even all the letters, whatever, I don't think that is a big shock. Um, like, Watsi's always kind of been that way. They've always, mm -hmm. like, said they wanted to be accessible to many different people, be inviting and, like, make the game exciting for all sorts of players, from kitchen table magic to, like, the pro tour, you mm -hmm. know? <laughs> did, did he really say that murder was a staple? Or is that, did you say that? No, I said that. I, I said that it's a state, like, in in the limited and uh -huh. the form, like, the constructed formats at the time. Oh, uh, okay. At the time. Since then, it's oh, yeah. been power crept to absolutely nothing. Yeah. But Murder the, was probably, like, the basic, the most basic kill spell sure. that I can think of. Okay. Uh, but not not to say that it's a, not a staple, but it was like, yeah, if a new player's getting into magic, they're like, oh, Murder's pretty good. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, I can kill something for with this card. That's mm -hmm. good. And then, like, it, it it changes and whatnot, but... Yeah, I'm talking more about limited play. Yeah, um, for sure, yeah. So, uh, and that was just kind of his, like, first... These are slightly more exciting comments. Again, this article is... I'm not trying to count, call it out. He's very much just explaining his way... His design philosophy sure. and the design philosophy of Wizards behind the scenes. But it came out three weeks before the next article... Oh. which is going to be what we talk about for the majority of this podcast. So I think all of that on paper sounds realistic. Yeah, yeah. Fire, uh, the fire philosophy, as you're here, uh, it is, it's not bad. It's it's more or less what I expect from Watsi. You know, mm -hmm. I would say like... Just kind of putting it on paper. Yeah, like, okay, cool. That if that, if that like, I, I already expect that from you, but if you're going to come out and say that, then good. Mm-hmm. So how did it, what, what happened? So, in, at uh, July 21st, 2019, um, so actually almost ex exactly a month later, uh, we have an article by Mark Rosewater, Project Booster Fun. And this is where uh, he starts it off by saying, I'm going to be covering a lot of information, so I'm going to start by walking you through what this article is going to contain. And it's a very long article, so I'm going to bridge so much of this. But um, go ahead and go to the Magic the Gathering website. It's right on wizards, uh, magic.wizards.com under Project Booster Fun. Uh, we'll link it in the description yeah. as well. We'll link it in the description so you can read along. I'm, I'm only trying to abridge it for the sake of brevity. Um, I'm not trying to remove information to change it. Um, you said you don't know too much about this. No, not at all, really, to be honest. So he goes off to say, uh, part one, the October set. Uh, for those of you who follow me, you'll know that I'll be uh, pretty pumped about this set. The October set is, and he announces that it's called Throne of Eldraine. Um, it's, he shows about uh, what it's going to be. It's a very bold design. Everyone has stepped to make a truly memorable magic set. That is true. I would say that Throne of Eldraine is very memorable like in terms of art, in terms of game philosophy, yeah. and uh, in terms of power, too. Yeah, I know. I... It, it's crazy that I, I remember, I remember being, it's very impressionable, right? I remember being like, oh, they're doing like a fairy tale set. Mm -hmm. That's weird. But like also unique after like so many years of like, 
Greece, right, and, and Theros, and then we went to uh, India and Kaladesh and Egypt and Amonkhet. We kind of did like these like very basic like ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And then th- not to say that this is isn't basic, but like something they've never done before. I was like expecting us like, oh, where are we going next? Like, are we going back to Kamigawa or what? But they ended up going somewhere new. Going somewhere new, yeah, which was exciting at the time. Yeah, um, right there, part two, why we're doing something new. Uh, so it's kind of interesting because now I don't, I think, I feel like, um, Eldraine has kind of been made a little bit less special. I know people loved Wilds of Eldraine as well. It is a very unique design. Now thinking back, we did have Lorwyn, which was kind of fairy tale ish It was kind of more mystical. Sure. Um, but this is definitely like direct rip on fairy tales and all of that. Uh, so... I'm kind of going to skip over the whole Lorwyn, or the whole um, uh, Eldraine part of it, rather, and go directly towards the middle of part two. We formed a project team to figure out what amazing things we could do with card treatments. The investigation was called Project Booster Fun. The team spent a lot of time experimenting with different frame and art options, some of which you might already be aware of because we've used them in various ways, although never in booster packs. I'm going to get three new card treatments that we're going to be introducing with Throne of Eldraine. But before I get to that, there was one other discovery the team made. It turns out, there was a surprise element we were already doing that was exciting some players and making opening booster packs fun. Foil cards. As part of the Project Booster Fun initiative, we decided to raise the frequency of foils. Previously, the foil drop rate, counting all foils of all rarities, was 1 in 67, which results in a 22% uh, chance of opening one in any booster. The new drop rate is 1 in 45, or a third chance to open one in any booster. This means the chance of getting a foil is increased from less than 1 in 4 to 1 in 3 exactly. As this was a change we could make uh, with the existing system, we didn't bother waiting for Throne of Eldraine. You'll find new foil drop rates starting with Corset 20. So first of all, I kind of want to talk about that for a second. First of all, they were so excited to get this out and make foils more... Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying not to be negative and say less special, but how about more frequent? Um... Because the less special thing is sort of happening nowadays. But they became more frequent as per you already playing, like, M20. Um, but, but, he goes on to say, beginning with Throne of Eldraine, there, were, there are going to be three new treatments of cards you'll be able to open in booster packs. Let me walk you through them. First of all, Borderless Planeswalkers. We use this treatment in three Mythic Editions. Starting with Throne of Eldraine, certain booster packs will include Borderless Planeswalkers. The set will still have normal Planeswalkers. Note that while the rules text is identical, the Border Planeswalkers have different art from the normal Planeswalker cards. Like different completely? Yes. Like a whole separate... Whole separate art. Oh, interesting. So Borderless is always different art. Then, he goes on to explain, Extended Art Frames. Next up, Extended Art Frames. Um, This is where we take the art on a card and run it all the way to the edge. This was the treatment we used on the box toppers for Ultimate Masters. Uh, starting with Throne of Eldraine, some Rand Mythics will have the extended art frame in the boosters themselves. Yeah, because they in Ultimate Masters it was um, that that dragon. The shoot, it's for the, the dragon from Innistrad. It was like borderless. The the mm-hmm. red one. I don't remember the name of it. But it's not random like a booster booster pack. It was just a box topper. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've done special variants since a long time, but. It's always been, like, the box topper, the, like, you know... And they've even made some misses in terms of, like, which creatures and everything. Like, they're not that great of cards, but they give them a treatment. Um, And like they said, they did it with, like, Ultimate Masters and everything, but now they're moving it into booster packs. 
Third is showcase frames. And this, I think, is is the biggest step in the wrong step. direction. Yeah. yeah, well, step in a direction in for a sure. Direction, okay. mm-hmm. This last treatment is not actually one treatment, but a catch-all term to cover a variety of different treatments. Here's what a showcase art will be. For each set, we're going to come up with one or more cool treatments that embody the spirit of the set. For example, let's discuss Throne of Eldraine. This is a new mechanic, but I'm going to show you the new frame that will accompany the mechanic. And he shows a sort of blank adventure card. Okay. And so that's the regular frame I'm showing Christos right now, and that is the showcase frame of it. Okay, so it's like a little more like fairy tale-y looking. Yes, yes. But it's the same idea. Same idea. Um, the art and frame will be a new stylized version. All three treatments I mentioned above will exist in foil versions as well. I'll get to the nitty-gritty in the section three, but the shorthand is this. If a kind of booster pack has the possibility of the non-foil version, it will also have the possibility of a foil version. So it's almost like like how they did expeditions in Battle for Zendikar or Masterpieces in Kaladesh, but instead of them being like super ultra-rare, they're, they're, they come in every pack. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I feel like that kind of diminishes like the collectors, like are not maybe discouraging. So one thing I do want to say is it's not explained in this article, but different kinds of versions of cards have different rarity drops. Okay. But that changes every set. Oh. Yeah. So this is not the end of the article. However, I was say, is this the just the basic idea to change it again, or is it? They they this is the basic idea. They're not they haven't really changed it since, but it's become so overwhelming. Because every uh, set has a different number of, you know... Showcases or what have you. The even bigger issue, um, in terms of what I've seen in, uh, on our community... Um, this is this is our community. This is you guys listening. I, I know we don't talk for everybody who's a Magic fan. Definitely some people enjoy this, and more power to you. Um, but the bigger issue that people in our community are taking with this is that... He also goes on to explain booster packs not just the cards within them so magic has only or by taking a step back and rethinking our booster packs uh, magic has only ever offered one type of booster pack while that booster pack might serve many players needs it doesn't necessarily serve them all what if we gave players an option for the kind of booster pack they could choose starting with throne of eldraine player are going to have three choices first of all is a draft booster this is the booster you know the Moon Magic had for 26 years. The only change we're making it, uh, it to it is giving it a name. Um, we're referring it to the draft booster instead of a, just a booster pack. It's a booster intended for drafting. Uh, the card makeup for it is not changing, although it will have the borderless planeswalkers and showcase cards within it. Then they have theme boosters. This is a booster aimed at players who either prioritize getting lots of cards or prefer to have more cards of the of the kinds that they're opening. So essentially they would have a black theme booster, a white theme booster. A, a Later on they started doing things like a specific creature type theme booster. Um, this was a very short-lived thing. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. Um, they also had really, really poor drop rates. For high rarities? Or? Yeah. Okay. For, well, they always had a certain be... amount, but it was, it was poor for like the really good ones. Okay. Um, and then they showed off collector boosters. It's aimed at the player who values collecting the cards. Our expectations uh, for these collector boosters will range between 20 to 25 a booster dollars, U.S. dollars. Oh. Yeah, so they, right off the bat, were like, the, the cards within these are worth 20 to $25. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So that, 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 so it's they, not being they, secretive at all about it. Yeah, they kind of acknowledge the aftermarket there, which is not something they did very often back in the day. Right. So that's interesting. Yeah, so these... 
It's designed to be the best value if you're prioritizing collecting hard-to-find cards. Okay. You see how they get around that? The aftermarket, it's the it's the best value if you want the nice cards, right? So it's people know what they're talking about, but they're kind of skirting around it. Like the theme booster, the collector boosters came out um, came about because we realized the draft booster was only uh, serving a certain segment. Um, oh, oh, interesting. What if we made a booster that maximized opening new and different things each time? It would also be a place where you had the best chance of opening foils and new variants. So he goes on to explain more about it, uh, only being printed in English and Japanese, unlike all languages for the drafts. So part three, the uh, Throne of Eldraine will have a draft booster, five different theme boosters, and a collector booster. Um, so he goes on to explain the drop rates and everything, but I'm not going to talk numbers in this video. You also have your Planeswalker decks, your bundles, um, your promo packs, uh, things like that. Those are something people never really had an issue with. Mm -hmm. Um, but then the next set, I'm going to kind of lump these two articles together. Uh, one year later, July 25th, 2020, Mark Rosewater uh, comes out with a new uh, article called Set Boosters. And he explains set boosters. Um, for example, uh, he talks about R&D's thinking. Um, and basically, they're deleting theme boosters uh, from their, like, every set. And he asked the question, are there different types of boosters we could make that would excite a different audience than our normal draft booster is aimed at? The first booster, um, coming from this line of thinking, was the theme, blah, blah, blah. It goes on to say that it maybe wasn't as successful as they thought. But set boosters are basically a step in between, where you don't care about drafting, but you also don't want to spend $25 on a booster pack. You just want some random cards from the set. With no 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 rarities or like how no it's it's, it's still a structured rarity structure okay um so it has fourteen cards total but only twelve are actual magic cards one's a new art card and one's a uh, token or an ad oh yeah well that well that's not terribly different no it's not terribly different uh let me just read his closing statement on these that's all we have time for today. I hope you're excited about set boosters, and we'll check them out when Zendikar Rising releases in September. If you have thoughts on the set booster, I would love to hear them. Until then, may opening magic boosters be as fun as playing the game. I kind of combine those two articles because that's where we are now. Uh, we've got draft boosters, we've got set boosters, and we've got collector boosters for almost every set. Uh, the first set to have anything but the three is going to be the Doctor Who Commander deck set where they're only doing the commander decks, kind of like Warhammer, which I've explained to you in the past. Yeah. And, um, but they're also going to have collector boosters for that, but none of the others. That was a whole word dump. That was, yeah, me, yeah. that was me basically reading a whole book to the audience here. Now, while I take a drink of water, I want you to sort of dump your thoughts on me. I kind of already, at the beginning of this podcast, I kind of spoke about like how like I was a big drafter and big into sealed and all that. And... This kind of seems a little strange to me um, because drafting was a big part of Magic uh, in, like, the 2010s. Yeah. Um, I, I remember I could go to any LGS at any given night and we could probably fire a draft off if we have enough people. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like this is kind of pushing people away from Limited uh, in terms of, like, it gives us the same amount of variance. Like, you could still draft. There's draft bo booster packs, right? So you can draft still. But I feel like this is, like, they're almost, like, targeting whales with, like, the collector packs. Mm -hmm. And, like, uh, and then the booster packs just seem kind of useless 
in theory. Um, so you can still have good pulls in a draft booster, mm-hmm. but it's like how it used to be because they still have to do limited. Sure, yeah. So you can't have like insane pulls for powerful new staples in like the draft boosters every single pack because you don't want to ruin limited. But the idea is that you could have some in almost every pack for a set booster. Okay. Because that's why people are buying them in the first place. So I guess this whole this whole project is really, to, in theory, to me, it just me. It's like, hey, collectors, we have you. We have a pack specifically for you. Mm-hmm. Buy that pack, collect them all, whatever. Yeah. And then for the draft sets. I feel like it's kind of needless to come out with all these different rarities and different foilings and different what have yous. Like I feel like that, like back in the day, like I was saying before, like foiling out a deck was like a goal because it was difficult to collect them, right? Because mm-hmm. they were they were lower drop rate, especially if you're trying to foil out like a whole standard deck. That's that's a very difficult task. Right. If you're especially if you're only buying packs, that you're you're likely never going to do that. So like now. I'm sure you foils probably mean a lot less uh, in terms of like pull rates and stuff because you guys probably pull a foil in every pack. The idea originally was a foil in every 33%. Yeah, so every packs. three packs. Um, I don't know if that's still the case. It feels like more nowadays. I don't know if that's just because people are opening, uh, mass box opening a lot around me or, or why, but I feel like foils are even higher than that. I don't have oh, really? the numbers for that though. It's at least one in every three, because they definitely have not decreased it since then. Interesting. That kind of feels like that takes the value away from foiling. But foiling already, even toward the end of where I stopped playing, foils started becoming less quality. They started, like you said before, they started curling. Um, mm-hmm. Even like the ones that came out of the box, like the, I remember the I had bought a Commander product. I bought the uh, the red Commander Planeswalker Duretti. I bought the Duretti okay. box. And out of the box, he was curled, like, completely. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, what the heck? Because, <laughs> you know, when you buy a sealed product, you expect everything to be good in it. But it, it looked like it had been, like, sitting in, like, a, in water and then left out to dry in the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, I, I, even toward the end of my run there, where I was, like, going really hard in Magic, uh, foiling started becoming, like, less quality. And now, from what you said earlier... Foiling is like terrible now. Like there could be like they could be printing them and they look awful, right? Uh, because just because like I don't know if it's like a quality assurance thing or what have you. But- I, and a lot of people have actually have, have figured out. And I know this is not a completely new thing, but the American and I believe the Denmark printers are very very poor. Um, whereas if you get a set that's printed because they switch, they print so many sets nowadays that they they switch between printers um, okay. in terms of like different countries makes enough sense but the Japanese printers are like so many leaks above those now Wilds of Eldraine was a Japanese printed set entirely almost in its entirety there's some products in it um, but if you're looking sure. at collector boosters almost in its entirety was a Japanese printed set Okay. and so you're looking at those foils they're not quite as poor they still are a little bit harder to see and everything than they used to be. Yeah, because I <clears throat> even when I was like doing research to buy new newer cards for like to update my old decks, right? When I started playing with you guys again in Commander, mm-hmm. I bought like a a Kogla and Yadaro, right? Uh, and that foil mm-hmm. is like like the artwork is completely black, more or less. Um, and 
uh, just so you can see it on screen. It's like you can't even see the face of either of the creatures on on the on the. Yeah, card. if you're on YouTube, go ahead and check the screen because uh, <laughs> it's it's insane. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I really, it's a really, it's a really good card in my eyes in terms of just like being flexible. But yeah, uh, when I remember when I, I I got it in the mail and I opened it and I was like. Is this is this the artwork? Because <laughs> like, like I'm a big fan of foiling because I come from that era where like foiling out a deck meant something. It meant like like when I foiled out my modern deck when I was playing Burn and Modern. Yeah, I did it because I love playing Burn, right? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> foiling it out was it meant something. Okay, you're you're foiling it out because like you are the Burn guy, right? Or you're the you're the Tron guy or whatever in Modern and. Now I, I I feel like like kind of like what you and Adam always talk about with like how like foils are so low quality like I would never throw them in a deck unless like I was absolutely in love with the artwork, and I kind of want to actually I had a thought about this earlier now that they do like these showcases yeah and the different variants of like borderless extended art and they all of them all of them come in foil right so yeah. So and those are what replaces the chases like that I was talking about before with the expeditions the masterpieces and such yeah okay so if that's the case are those cards worth anything so that's another point i want to make these they are work worth much less now okay so your like zendikar expeditions definitely have decreased in value they're not worth zero they're probably not sub 100 but they're set some of them are sitting about that 150 mark okay which is probably about half of what it was at its peak which is could be a lot of different factors too that's also the reprint issues that's been going on uh, lately of just the very heavy reprints for powerful cards. Um, but that could be a, a plethora of different things. But I did want to say, at some point, they started doing expedition-level rarity chase cards again. Okay. Well, in addition to all of this? In addition to all of this. Oh, wow. Yeah, so what used to be the expedition chase... Uh, what was it from Kaladesh? The Inventions? Masterpieces. Masterpieces. Yeah. Um, and then there was one... Uh, invocations. Invocations from Amonkhet. Invocations yeah. from Amonkhet. So, Invocation Frame, Masterpiece Frame, um, and all of those frames have now become normal showcases. So those frames don't look quite as unique. The cards are still technically rare, but... Um, they're now doing serialized cards in some sets, like baseball cards. Oh, like where they have like a stamp? Like, yes. Like a number stamp? Like a number stamp out of a certain amount. So oh. you heard about the One Ring. Yeah, yeah, I saw like Post Malone bought it or something like that. Yeah, yeah, so the One Ring was a serialized one of one. That's the only time they've done it so far. But they had serialized cards um, in things like, I don't even want to get into bonus sheets right now, but there was there was <laughs> some artifacts in like the Brothers War that were serialized. So you only could have that art in so many different, like out of 500 Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So pretty low. In The Lord of the Rings, there was not just the one of one, but there was multiple different, so many different serialized cards that had a special, unique art or foiling to them. And, and this is what replaces the, those expeditions, like the, the chasing of like... Yeah. What's, what's, in, what's unique about them is that they actually tell you how many of them are out there. So this is a baseball card thing. This is just for collectors then. Yeah. Yeah, but you can only open them. I'm assuming in the collector's boosters. That is, yeah, that's correct. Oh. Yes. So you can only open them in the in the boosters. Ooh. They value at twenty to twenty five dollars. That's an interesting conversation to have because back in the day, like I I, I think I may have told you, um, 
I, I was opening up like a pack of Kaladesh when I was like drafting back in the day, mm-hmm. and like you can open a masterpiece when you're drafting, right? And that feeling is amazing because you're mm-hmm. like, well, I made my money back and then some, and then like you get to play, you sell those cards, play those cards. Right. Same with expeditions and what have you. But now they've reserved that completely to the expensive booster pack, so yes. that experience is like completely taken away from a player that's maybe can't afford those packs or only drafts. Or what have you. Right. We, so, I, want, I want to kind of say, though, that's not completely a bad thing. Because if you are charging somebody $25 for a booster pack, there better be something unique in them. My question isn't really like, should we have higher value things in the higher value products? It's more like, should those higher value products even need to exist? You know, speaking as somebody that's an old head with this game, uh, and I... But when I stopped playing, there were not three different boxes for boosters. There was just the one. I really thought that that way was fine. Um, I think they could have just adjusted maybe the drop rate on those Mm -hmm. collector's things and then just kept them in the packs. Because to your average player, those average players, they get super hyped about pulling something when, like, especially if they're a new player. Like, imagine you're a new player and... Uh, you pull like a, a, a chase foil of a card or something like that. That's a really good feeling. It's going to keep that player more likely excited about the game, and they're going to continue to invest in the game, buy right. those booster packs, etc. I feel like with this new system, it's pretty much almost like discouraging people from buying packs because people were already pretty discouraged back in the day from buying packs outside of drafting. Right. Oh, but now so- you can only draft with one of the three different types of packs. So ever since I got back into the game, I'll talk about this now a little bit. I've tried to find stores around me that do draft events. I cannot find one, and I, and I was I'm a pretty active player. I, I'm known like at most of the stores. Like when I walk in, they remember me, even though I haven't been playing for years. Because yeah. I used to go everywhere around this area, like multiple times a week. You said, yeah, mo- yeah, like literally, like I have I had days where I would draft like every or sorry weeks that I would draft every day of the week. Yeah, uh, if I could, and because. I would be willing to drive an hour north just to go to a, a place with my buddies and draft because it was a, it is like an experience like no other. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think I think now because just to speak a little more on what I was saying, like yeah, yeah. now that I I can't even find a place to draft, I feel like it kind of speaks to like if this is Project Booster fun, I I feel like it's only fun for the collectors. Maybe if you or or maybe if you are you know if you're a kid and you want to buy a collector's pack, then you might have some fun. But like. Buying a draft booster pack and opening it and pulling nothing, if it, it's going to feel bad. Right. So there, the idea is that if you're just walking into a store and you want, you know, you're a little kid, you want your mom to buy just a single pack for you mm-hmm. to open and have fun. The idea is that would be a set pack. Why do they need to be separate is my question. Like, why can't we just have the booster? And this is, this is a conversation that I... That I wanted to kind of extend into because I just want—I don't want to just sit here and reminisce about the old days and go. I <laughs> wish those were back. That's not happening. We both—I yeah. think we both can agree that we can't go back to just having four-dollar booster packs only. I mean, just simply saying Magic as a or Hasbro as a company, Wizards of the Coast as a company, can't afford to just drop the twenty-five-dollar booster. That doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense. My question is, and I want to sort of ask this of you. Could we just combine set and draft packs again and then just have the booster pack and the collector pack so that you could walk into a store, randomly buy one booster pack, and use that 
and kind of like average out the power level of what you can find in a draft pack versus a set pack, but then still have the collector pack for the whales? Do you think that's reasonable, or do you have a different idea of how to fix this? Because well, I think the better conversation isn't, and this has been talked to death, isn't how bad this is. I think the better conversation is what would be our ideas to sort of remedy this without ruining Wizards as a company. In in some ways, so the reason that I spoke on like why I can't find drafting anymore is I be, I think I think stores don't even carry draft boosters anymore. Uh, when I when I go there, I don't I don't I don't see a lot of store like the store near us. They have like nothing in terms of like right. uh, they, they. I feel like um, I when I I started playing again like right when Lord of the Rings came out. Okay. And when I the store that we 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 go to. They only had booster collectors boosters when I saw them and set boosters and yeah and I didn't see any draft boosters in there right and I uh, so I I was under the impression that oh, okay this is like a collector's item and a set booster item kind of what like what you just explained where like that would be like the a more the draftable I, more, yeah a more ideal world right like the draft boosters don't need to exist because it's yeah. it it doesn't service anything other than drafting or playing limited mm-hmm. so that's why um, the at, at the cardboardcrestcrest.com to plug a, a second, we do have sealed product alongside the singles that we sell. I don't sell single draft packs. I don't know if you've noticed. I would, they wouldn't sell. I would they wouldn't imagine. sell. Yeah. I sell set packs and I sell collector packs and I sell draft boxes, but I don't sell draft packs. There's no reason really to buy a draft pack on its own. It might be in some sets, it might average out to about 50 cents to maybe 75 cents lower than a set pack. So that might be a slightly better entry, but I don't think that big of a change really matters to the average parent or just player wanting to just get a fun experience. Yeah, you know, I don't want to talk too much financially in terms of like that, but I I don't want to say 50 cents really would change the overall idea, and that's usually how much it about comes out to. I I guess... um... The question that keeps like come kind of revolving in my head about this is what, why did they separate them in the first place when there really isn't much of a difference in between set booster and draft booster other than like what they forced into one and took away from another mm-hmm. uh, kind of like is irrelevant to do such a thing. So I, I would agree with you. I feel like they they combine those two and just go kind of back to the way it was when I was playing, where like you just you just draft the set and like mm-hmm. there's just a set. A set booster, and then the collector's boosters is for like those those people that are like they're chasing like the weird variants yeah. of card, the showcases or what have so you. So you think those should still exist? There's not really a logical way of getting rid of them. Well, at this point, I feel like they're so ingrained in, in the because uh, I've been gone for years now, and they've been ever since I stopped. They they're in every set, right? So yeah, uh, if if they're gonna make like every you know every rare in a set, borderless foil showcase, whatever acronym you want to put there. Or, or adjective, whatever. Then yeah, we can't get rid of them because they're in the game already. It's just it's like the same idea with like um, when they did like full art lands. Like once they started doing full art lands, you don't stop doing full art lands. You start you putting. That's why they they up the frequency of them, right? So like we originally had them in like uh, the unsets and then Zendikar block originally. Yeah. Then, now they're in. A, if if my memory serves me right, they are in every standard release set since. Zendikar Rising? So sometimes you'll have sets where they they don't have them because it's a remastered set or whatever for an original block. Um, oh, they they do that now too. Yeah, so now they're... Re- so there's a lot that we, we <laughs> have, to have to cover. <laughs> but yeah, so 
Have you heard of uh, there's Dominaria remastered? Uh, they did Time Spiral remastered before that. So it's uh, one set that's remastering a whole block. Like reprinting everything from it? No, 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 no. Taking specific cards, making a draftable experience. Oh, interesting. But they also have set and collector boosters. Well, Time Spiral is pretty cool. <laughs> Time Spiral actually was a very unique one because that came out. That did not have collector boosters. Uh, it came out in 2020, and it was very short printed, which means like no one could get their hands on it at the time. Oh, during COVID and everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure LGSs yeah. were most of them were probably closed. Yeah. So Time Spiral Remastered, I feel like did pretty well. Then they did Dominaria Remastered. Forgive me if I'm skipping one. No. Then they're doing Ravnica Remastered, and they just started spoiling on uh, that original Ravnica. All of Ravnica. Oh wow. Yeah, that's that should be fun. Yeah, so it's a draftable set, but with three different like packs. So right. they've started to show off anime versions of characters from a from all of Ravnica. Okay. That are only available in set and collector boosters, but not in draft. Oh, so they're even doing the the split in in that set or in the so in Ravnica remastered, they're doing collectors set and draft boosters. Yes. Interesting. So, so they're like pretty set in stone with this. Like they, they're not. What I, they're not yeah. moving away from it, huh? I, I also was thinking, I feel like, and I don't have any inside information sure. in all of this, but I have a feeling they're a, they're very confident on collector boosters um, because they showed up in that first project booster fun article. It goes, these are the new most exciting boosters. They're twenty to twenty five dollars. They're here to stay. It shows you the most unique items. Mm-hmm. Eventually started having. You know, special foilings and serialized mm-hmm. cards and all of this in them. You know, I feel like collector boosters are here to stay. They're very confident on them. But they came out with theme and draft boosters, and the theme boosters have kind of been faded out and faded in as set. I feel what? like they're not as confident in the difference between draft and set boosters as they are with having collector boosters, if that makes sense. They're not, they're not as confident with set boosters needing to exist. Is my is my sort of like idea. I mean, from my, I mean, even from I the d- little I know that you've told me so far in this conversation, right? Set boosters seem like they're kind of useless, like they don't need to exist because, and and knowing that I I can't go right now at any given day of the week and go to an LGS and fire up a draft with like a bunch of my friends. Yeah, that to me. If that if that's like a worldwide or sorry like a nationwide whatever it may be issue, like if you guys are having the same experience. Like leave us a comment or something, but like yeah, can I, you can you find draft yeah, events yeah, yeah. consist not just pre-release because I think pre-release will always exist. I hope so. Those are that I, my I had I had some of the most funs playing. I hope the most fun playing Magic I think is playing Limited because it takes away the power. It takes away the like and and you and you're forced to kind of use your brain to make something out yeah. of nothing, mm-hmm. and that is like the most pure form of this like it, it turns it almost into like you're cracking open a board game basically and playing it for the first time yeah it it, it feels incredible uh yeah. it it's it definitely is a ton of fun and i i want everybody who's listening to this when was the last time you had a draft event that wasn't a pre-release period yeah that, i mean boom right i just i, I, I feel I, like i just dropped like a like a bomb yeah but i i i'd be really hard pressed to um to say that the set booster needs to exist. I feel like 
in my eyes, if they combine the two and just kind of revert back to the way things were or was, or even maybe like throw them a bone or something, like give us a chase card that it exists in the collectors and like, you know, one in every like 20 packs or something. I don't know, something to give us a reason to buy boxes. Cause I, I, back in the day I used to buy like a half case, right? Like what I said before, right? Yeah. When I, when I was playing standard, when I was, especially like during like Theros and cons, that those blocks, I would buy three boxes of every set, mm-hmm. and just and just because I wanted all the cards, right? And, and I wanted to be guaranteed, basically more or less, to like find the juicers and all the and on every box. And now I feel like me, if I bought a set booster, and I was like looking for like a normal foil of a card. I probably would have like a better likelihood to just buy or to get that card just yeah. buying a collector's instead. So there even are some situations to where in te- like not just versions of cards are better in because a lot of the time you can find these cards in draft boosters, mm-hmm. but they're very 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 low qu- quantity. Like you can find a Ragavan from from multi or uh, I won't even make it complicated. You can find Ragavan from March the Machine in the draft booster. But, but it's, it's very low. it's very very low, and it's not the most flashy variant of it. Um, you can find, you know, all these cards and draft boosters in lower quantity, Un- until they that's that wasn't the case anymore. So in, for just one example, in Brothers War, they had Transformers cards, oh. like actual un- like, and I've explained universes beyond to you and you've like, seen yeah I saw the Warhammer stuff and actual like, Transformers Lord of the Rings so like like Optimus Prime and everybody like the yeah. whole gang okay yeah. so Optimus Prime um, could only appear in set boosters not in draft oh. boosters well that's kind of lame and so and not only that but Optimus Prime Shattered Glass which was like his like showcase variant mm-hmm. could only appear in collector boosters Oh, so draft boosters are like just useless. Lo- useless, in, in ter- terms of like collecting. Collecting. Yeah. And again, Magic the Gathering. I don't want to turn into simply just value. It matters. Well, you know, we have to speak on it because the- I feel, but I, but I do think that the the value and the interest Project Booster Fund makes sense in like its its title, right? Accessibility, etc. Like, Accessibility, yeah. exciting packs for drafters. Different showcase variants, sure. In execution, I feel like they're doing the, the opposite effect. And I think a lot of people have felt that way, where they're trying to make it more and more and more unique and special uh, for every type of player. But in doing so, every type of player has the unique and special variants. The fact that they split these do- isn't servicing different levels of Magic players. It's separating them. Like, it itself is making collectors not want to draft, and it's making draft players not want to collect because they would have to spend this much more. If you sort of combine them together a little bit, made set boosters a little more valuable than they are right now, but um, but made them draftable and then deleted draft boosters, mm-hmm. you might combine the community a little bit again. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. Um, it makes me think, I might go a little off track here, but it makes me think back to this um, the store I used to go to to draft. And there was a guy that came in every week, and, the, and he would only draft, stay, stay there and draft if we opened a new box. Okay. Because 
he was like, he thought about it as like a gamble, right? He's like, well, you know, especially during the whole seating, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, okay, okay, I'm like, you know, if all of us get get into this box, we all open packs. Somebody's gonna open like a big chase card or a big chase, yeah. pack. especially during. I don't want to open a box that already has a pack missing because right. they open the best pack and then right exactly. put all the shit. Some paranoia gamblers, the crappy like, ones back yeah. in there. Uh, so I, I especially during the 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 block or the set, I think it was Journey to Nyx, where you could open a god pack with, with all the gods in the pack. Sure. Uh, I don't know if that has that ever been proved to not be an accident. No, no, no. They, they, they. That was like Watsi said. Like we, you, have, you have a chance to pull a pack that's all gods. Okay. Which is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that like that idea. It, it, it's exciting. It makes me want to buy a box. Right. That's that's what it made me do. It, unfortunately, that set's worth like pennies. But like <laughs> to a collector, uh, you know, whatever. But yeah. the point is, I played with that guy. And he would only open. He would only. He would only stay in draft if we opened a new box. If the store didn't have any new boxes, he left. Right. Right. So like that's a collector, more or less my mentality. And he's also probably a gambler or what have you. You know, he's just trying. Sure. He's just rolling the dice to see sure. like what happens. Because like in draft, you have a higher likelihood of being passed a rare or being passed a card that like. Because it doesn't fit with their deck. Exactly. Because you're drafting a deck. You're building something. So like. That's why he he said he only played draft and he, and he doesn't play any other format because he he's a collector mm-hmm. and but so I think in that idea it kind of like combines like you know it gives collectors a place to play and also gives you know drafters are already there and it could turn a drafter into a collector and and also most draft players take those cards that they draft and they play standard so it kind of like is like a, a melting pot of like everything yeah when you when you have a a set booster. Or I guess now a draft booster, uh, where it, it would bring everybody together in that regard, because like mm-hmm. every, it, it it appeals to all all players across the board. I can if you don't if you've never drafted in your life, and I go, hey Ethan, you want to draft? And you go, oh, what's that? Well, oh, we're gonna draft like a three packs of the sure. standard set. But you're a standard player. Oh, you're like sure, I'll open some standard packs, and you'll probably even rare draft because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I want I want this rare, you know. But it is what it is. But like the the point is. Is like it appealed to everybody. Everybody yeah. wanted to to come in and play. Because like, let's say we're doing Modern Horizons two, which is something you missed out on, but it's a very powerful set. Um, and if I wanted, I, I think that this has also promoted, and we could this should be a whole separate video. This has also promoted the purchase of singles over packs even more than it used to be. Oh, People yeah. used to. I mean, that's always been a thing. At least before you had like some reasoning to to open a box. It was right. It was yeah. more of a game. You had you had more of a. And you didn't have to spend twenty five dollars to get the best thing, right? Yeah, you, like especially if you were chasing, especially if you were a standard player, it, it was probably smarter to just buy a box sometimes. But sometimes it was smarter to just buy singles. Yeah, but now it's like definitely smarter to buy singles. But if I did want to open packs for the fun of it, and that's still fun, it's still there's still some fun to it. If I wanted Modern Horizons two, and there's some elementals in there that I'd love for a for a modern deck, I have less incentive to draft. Like if you wanted to draft Modern Horizons two, mm-hmm. I'd be like. Why? I could just open a set box and get what I want. You know what I mean? So, like, that's less incentive for me who wants to construct a powerful modern magic deck and you who wants to draft a set. That's less incentive for us to spend time together. Do you think this has anything to do with COVID and, like, the elimination of, like, in-person magic? I'm not... I I didn't play during that time period, so you may be able to speak on it better, but, like... In my mind, because of everything that was happening during all of 2020 and most of 2021, 
I can't imagine a lot of stores were having a lot of in-person tournaments, and if they were, I don't know. I don't know if draft was like a high priority to them. Around us, Friday Night Magic dwindled um, and died in some stores during COVID. I guess I'll just say one word to explain everything. Uh, Commander. Yeah. 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 Commander is the new format. I think COVID did have an impact on all of this because it increased Commander's popularity. And the reason it did is because people didn't go to tournaments during the time. They instead just went over to somebody's house and played casually. Right. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I'm sure Commander was already on the rise. COVID is just one of many possibilities of factors. Mm. But I'm sure it didn't help in the destruction of, again, dwindling of standard, of, of limited, of... People still do play those, but people have realized in Commander... You don't have to buy four of this crazy expensive thing, right? You just like, you just put all your garbage together and make a deck. So WotC started catering specifically to commander players over the last few years. Um, And that's, that can be a completely separate podcast episode. But I think this COVID definitely didn't help. It's sort of just like threw gas on the fire in terms of the, like it accelerated the problem. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that the difference between draft set collector and the addition of all these showcase borderless extended art frames needed to happen in 2019 any more than it needed to happen during COVID. I guess the reason I asked it in the first place was because um, during the toward the end of my my time playing uh, in in that time period of 2019, uh, I think it was like an Ixalan when MTG Arena came out, right? And in MTG Arena. Uh, do these sorts of boosters and all these different sites of boosters, is that, does that exist on Arena? Do you no. Know? They no. don't. It's just a booster pack on Arena. Well, there's two different booster packs on Arena. There's the regular booster pack and the Alchemy booster pack. Oh, what's Alchemy? It's an Arena-exclusive format where they can digitally change cards. Oh, to, like, balance them? To, balance, to rebalance cards, like Hearthstone. Oh, oh okay, so... Like, they make an oopsies. They're like, oh, that card doesn't need to have... Yeah, like, Wizard Class has some... It's like a card from Adventure of the Forgotten Realms. In regular, standard, or whatever, or in Pioneer, it's still the same card. But in Alchemy, or Alchemic Historic, it's been nerfed. I'm curious... So, so in in short, that's that's fine to me. I mean, give me the real cards, you give me the change cards. Two different booster packs. But, in short, no, they only have the one type. Essentially, because I was kind of thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, was this like something to prepare or to to discourage people from buying packs in person and to push people to enter to arena? Because like in my mind, in my tinfoil hat mind, uh, in 2020 when COVID hit, I feel like it would have just pushed everyone toward arena, standard players and everybody. Uh, I want to dis. I'm probably going to disagree with. That. I don't think that they would ever want to create a reason to discourage people from buying their physical cardboard well, well i mean i in my eyes like as a company they have not put enough effort into arena to make it seem like that's their biggest money maker well as a company right you don't have to print the cards on arena sure and and they cost the same however they don't cost the same because um because there's only the regular packs on arena which are a couple of dollars versus the 20 to 25 dollar packs that you that exist in person in my eyes that kind of even like 
reinforces my argument uh, because I feel like they're like, okay, don't buy anything in paper other than the collector stuff. Everything else, buy on Arena. They're like, build your digital collection. Mm-hmm. Like, go on there, buy that because it costs the same to buy there than there. And I and I think now because we opened a, a couple of packs uh, at this tournament, me, Anthony, and uh, Adam went to for Commander like a week or so ago. I opened a pack and there was like an Arena code for like a free something. I don't know what it was. I want to say arenas. I don't. I'm not scared of arena, from taking Magic players. I mean, look at Pokemon Live. Pokemon Live is Magic Arena, and there's a set. There's a uh, code in every single Pokemon booster pack. Which Pokemon is a whole different conversation. But Pokemon still only has one type of booster pack. But in every single booster pack, there's a code for Pokemon Live to open a pack on there, and it still hasn't taken Pokemon players. Like in its entirety. I guess I'm curious because I know you, I, I I have drafted on Arena uh, in the past. Sure. And I'm curious if that has made drafting in real life or discouraged drafting in real life uh, at all. Because that, of course, this whole this whole episode's about the the packs and stuff, right? I'm just trying to find a reason for these packs to exist the way they exist when uh, simultaneously when all this was happening. Yeah. They also were having Arena come out. And, and they also were having Commander explode in popularity. Which did... You don't really need packs yeah. for Commander. You don't need the, the variants. You only need the you only need the collectors. You only need the collectors, yeah, because you don't even need draft packs. There's been three draftable Commander sets. Oh, they do that now, too. Yeah. Interesting. Commander Legends, Commander Legends 2, and Commander Masters were all draftable, which had draft set and collector boosters for Commander Masters, were all draftable commander sets. Okay. Where you would draft a commander, and then you'd draft its cards for it. 100 cards? Like I think it was 40. I think it was still like 40 to 60. But it was still a singleton commander format. I don't... How, how, have you ever done it? Yeah. It's how, great. Is it? It's great. We've been too negative on this episode. Drafting commander is actually so much fun. I'd be willing to try that. Um, it seems interesting. Okay, now, what about this? Is a, we're getting a little off topic here, but like, what about like brawl and all that other stuff? Because they were trying to like make. I don't. Their, you have no idea. I have no idea. I'm not even gonna comment on it. I don't think it's very popular. Interesting, because I remember right before they I pushed for it, at least r- right before I quit, there was like brawl was happening, and that was like Watsy's like, okay, guys, listen. That's just standard commander. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Like you guys should do this. This is gonna be fun, and then but, like. Then the, there was this other format where you can like, you can get like a personal spell and like, uh, like or, Oathbreaker. Uh, yeah, Oathbreaker and Oathbreaker. Those uh, two. Yeah, I was like, this is a ridiculous format. This is like, this is like, hey, legacy yeah. players, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was that was them trying to do standard commander and legacy commander. Yeah. No, like, but it was um. What the heck? Yeah. No, they just decided. We're just going to push towards Commander. We're not going to try to make our own Commander. We're just going to partner with the Rules Committee and go, you know what? This format's working. We're going to shove it down people's throats. So I think... I think um, the Just to loop it back to the booster thing. Yeah. I think... Draft boosters don't need to exist unless they're Commander sets at this point. Yeah. Which isn't completely true, but I'm, I'm making a hyperbole about it. In a lot of sense... It, it is true because like I I can't really think of a reason to go and draft because I don't play standard anymore mm-hmm. and from what you've said like FNM has kind of dwindled if not disappeared and and uh, now like Adam and Anthony when we were talking about it a weeks ago 
they're like, oh yeah, FNM now is just you go play Commander, you go play CDH. Mm-hmm. That's what FNM is. So like, I'm curious to see what modern looks like. I'm curious to see modern know, you... is modern might as well be just Modern Horizons Two Limited. Oh, things have changed. <laughs> things have changed. I mean, you, uh, everybody listening, I, I'd really love to know your guys' thoughts on like standard as a whole outside outside of Arena. Yeah. I, I'm sure that we have a lot of listeners that probably play Arena, especially mm-hmm. since like it's I just, play Arena for for limited. And... Oh, I think I would, especially now that I don't have options. I think I only can draft on on a, a, a Arena. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I'd really love to know. Do you guys play standard in person at all? Uh, and if you do. Where, because <laughs> I would love to see it. Sorry, I, uh, I, where, because I'd love to see it. And if not, because uh, we will show up. Yeah. Oh, uh, you you draft I, arena in Arkansas. Uh, yeah, we'll be. There. <laughs> you, you draft uh, standard in, in Arkansas. We'll be there. I, but yeah, I, I or even if you have if you guys have like local draft nights or if like mm-hmm. stuff like that. I I have not seen it since I've been back. And as a, again, just as a player. That I used to draft so much. I know I'm beating a dead horse. I used to draft so much. Yeah. The fact that I can't find five other people to go draft, that just makes me very sad as a former drafter from the block era and block constructed. Uh, And that's a whole other conversation, too. Uh, Do you think that, do you think that shifting away from blocks to now uh, the cadence of sets is like so often? And with this new, this new way of doing packs, do you think that that has done anything else to like kind of dwindle this whole? I think it's caused a lot of fatigue and anger. And instead of, because we're jumping around so much, I, I feel <laughs> like, like in terms of set to set to set to set, it's and then also just jumping Project Booster Fun on this, all these showcase variants, all these different versions of everything, and a different showcase for every set. A different showcase for every set would would make more sense if we were still doing one block a year and it was one showcase a year Mm -hmm. but because it's four like it's three or four different showcases a year and then you also have different versions of foiling for all these supplementary sets like commander legends and like um you know the new core set adventures of the forgotten realms and and all of this because because you're jumping around so much and also adding to each set has just caught it, caused an overwhelming amount of variance and just it's just it's tiring it's exhausting I would it, it's almost like if you kept the block format but did project booster fun that'd still be a lot but because they have shifted away from that and then dumped this on top of it it's like magic's like in its funko pop phase The, the artists that do these, I applaud you. Because these cards look beautiful. But how come you're trying to make every single card so special? By doing that, every single card doesn't feel special at all. 
Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that because before, you know, when I, I think back to Innistrad, right? Imagine if every card in the original Innistrad box was a flip card. Mm-hmm. It would diminish the entirety of like the flip mechanic in, in general in the in that block. Mm-hmm. But instead, when you opened a pack right. and you and you saw your flip card, you were either super happy or super bummed because not every not every flip card was good, mm-hmm. but some were really good, right? Yeah. And I feel like now the philosophy is just why don't we just give this to everybody? Yeah, now it's like. Kind of, Do you remember when the new the 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 newest card type? Other than, like, the second newest card type was... In, I'm, okay. Ignoring Tribal. That's a... Sure. Ignoring Tribal. Um, but the second newest card type was introduced. Planeswalkers in Lorwyn. Yep. Did you get a Planeswalker in every pack? No. No. You might not even get one in a box. Right. And so that was cool. Yeah, it was. So when you opened a Planeswalker in the one type of blue booster pack, I mean, that was a celebration. You've seen, in, in Commander games and stuff, you've seen battles... Yeah, mm-hmm. battles. Um, They're interesting, in theory. In theory, yeah. Well, the mechanics of it is, is just, but it's a new card type, so it's exciting. Yeah, you get a battle in every pack. Oh, period. Now. Period. Draft set collector, you get a battle in every pack. Are are they like rare? They, they in March of the Machine. Do they vary in rare? Uh, oh, sorry. They do, but because you get a battle in every pack, it's almost like a whole bonus sheet. Just for the battles. Oh, interesting. So even the mythic ones are pretty frequent since you get one in every single one. Did we talk about bonus sheets? We did not. What's a bonus sheet? We talked about it for a second because the Transformers was kind of a bonus sheet, although there was a separate bonus sheet in... Oh, Lord have mercy. (laughs) (laughs) So so they have, like, literally, like, made, like, a pizza of basically, like, you get a slice of this, a slice of this, a slice of this, and then, like... Whatever's left in the box, like, that's just the commons and garbage. Sure. Okay, so a bonus sheet would be, like, y- you remember drafting, uh, like, Alara or something? Or you remember drafting uh, Khans? Sure, yeah. Okay. Imagine if you just randomly got a commander staple in every Khans pack, but you couldn't play it in limited. You know, I'd be really... So you just had to set it off to the side. So so I open a pack, and there there is a card that's that, that is not legal and standard or in, or in limited... Can I so I can I play it in my draft deck or no? Sorry, it is legal and limited, but it's not legal and standard. But it's a commander staple that doesn't have anything to do with the limited format. I feel, I feel like that. I feel like that. Like that. That's, that's not good for limited. Because <laughs> 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 like okay. that's like like when you draft when you draft like Theros block limited right and you do you do a pack of Theros a pack of Born of the Gods and a pack of Journey in the Next. Those packs are balanced to be drafted together and they balance one another yeah adding a beast within or a swords to plowshares or a path to exile or you know i'm just thinking of removal because like removal and commander is just broken like most of the time it's just like very efficient right sure and whereas like removal in like a standard set block back in the day it's just okay it's just okay like there was a murder there was a hero's downfall Mm -hmm. you know it was like this is good enough. Like I'll, I'm, I would, I wouldn't say no to it. You know, I, I draft, I'd, I'd take the card. Yeah, but but now that if I open a pack and there's a beast within in my pack or there's a swords, like yeah, of course I'm taking that. You know. So so in multiverse, I keep saying multiverse legends. <laughs> multiverse legends was a bonus sheet within uh, March of the Machine. So okay. not only was March of the Machine one of the biggest Magic sets of all time, it also had a separate bonus sheet that had just random. 
legendary creatures throughout Magic's history. And they're trying to push it as uh, everybody, and each one of them were in a showcase, a different showcase frame from the set that they came from. Showcase frame, okay. Okay. Meaning like... So like, Ragavan was a masterpiece frame. Okay. Okay. Got it? I do. Okay. Lock that information in, because I'm, I'm moving on. All right. Okay. All right. Um, so obviously, legendary creature, what do you think of? What, what, which one would I think of? Like, no, what? like when I say legendary creature, what format do you think of? I think of commander. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so they're giving a, so in this new set, in this new draftable set, in every draft pack and, and everything, they're giving you a commander in every pack. Oh yeah. So they're, they're pretty much just like straight rubbing it in your face. Like you should like, don't worry about this, man. You should play commander. Yeah. I mean, and, know, and, and also it did not have anything to do with the. Like, it, you could use them in limited... And some of them had, like, overlap with limited mechanics. But, like, if you pulled a Ragavan in a limited format, right? Like, why would you not... That is such a bomb out of nowhere. That has nothing to do with the set. What's Ragavan? What is, I don't know what he does. Oh, that's right. That's a, that's a Modern Horizons 2 thing, isn't it? Oh, is it? What does it do? Uh... You want me to read it off to you? Are you sure. Okay. Ragavan Nimble Pilferer. One mana for a 2-1. Whenever Ragavan Nimble Pil- He's a monkey pirate. He's also a legendary creature. And he's a tiny little tiny little pirate guy. Okay. Here's his Multiverse Legends version. Okay. Oh, it's, it's straight up the masterpiece. It's straight up the masterpiece. Did Does he always come in foil like the, they did back in the day or no? No. Some are... You can have it either foil or non-foil. Oh, that's... I don't like that. <laughs> okay, so so one mana for two one. Whenever Ragavan Nimble Pilferer deals combat damage to a player, create a treasure token and exile the top card of that player's library. Until end of turn, you can cast that card. He also can dash for one and a red. What's dash? Dash is you can cast a spell for its dash cost. If you do, it gains haste and it's returned to your hand at the end step. Is this like a modern stable? Yeah. So yeah. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> I yeah. So, do you know the card Goblin Guide? <laughs> yeah, that card's better than Goblin Guide, and Goblin Guide was really good. Yeah. So Ragavan is like peak one mana creature. So it, so it, it gives you a treasure token. Yeah. And it also basically draws you a card mm-hmm. temporarily. So it, it's one mana, and every turn it gives you a treasure token and draws you a card. In modern, this is broken. And in, in people in, run in multi- everything, even though it's legendary. People run multiples to make sure they have it turn one. Oh, of course. Yeah, you need you need to run four of because you need to have it in your opener. If you don't have it in your opener, like your deck is like percentage worse. Period. Mm-hmm. So so and it turn can dash and just come out of nowhere too. Because like I think the ridiculous part. So even like even exiling the top card of your deck. Even right? if you don't play the, the the idea is that it's supposed to be fun and you play the other person's cards, because it's a treasure token, right? Right. You could play whatever. You could play. The really, you're just mana fix. Like you could just not even care about the card draw. You're just mana. It's just a lotus cobra for one mana. That is insane. But it gives you a temporary or a, a treasure token instead of just a temporary little mana boost. Oh, this this card in burn is nasty. Yeah. It burn even exists anymore. Yeah, that's. That's why we play Pioneer and not Modern. Is he legal in Pioneer? No. Oh, okay. No. Interesting. Yeah. So, anyway, get back on topic. Does ever does all of this need to exist? No, is the short answer. Okay. Uh, I really don't. I really do not think that back in the day things were things were wrong. I don't think that 
I don't think the philosophy of like the only difference is they couldn't sell you a pack for twenty five dollars. I don't want to say that it's like it's it feels a little predatory to me, like, yeah, toward the consumer. Uh, and they I feel like they frame it in such a way to make it like oh guys, every pack is fun, you know. Mm-hmm. You open a pack, you don't know what you're gonna get. But we didn't know what we were going to get before either. So, like, but before, at least when I pulled something good or fun or rare you or only, chase. You only spent some. I, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't like, literally, like, spend a quarter of my paycheck when I was working a minimum wage job, you know? Right. So, I guess we talked a little bit about it, but is is it possible to fix this, to remedy this? Can we get rid of the showcase frames? Should we get rid of the showcase frames? Do we have to in order to remedy this? I think that... Um, there's also there's also a big problem because game stores don't know what things are anymore. Because when you back in the day, it was foil and non-foil. I mean, you can teach your employee that no problem. But nowadays, it's like six different variants of one card, and you're trying to teach your employees this, and then they sell the wrong card to the wrong person. And game stores have shut out, shut down because of this. Well, not only that, but those game Cause, stores because the amount of refunds and the amount of like yeah. training that people have to go through to and, even and understand it's, and what it's they're not just magic. At. It's not just magic that they're. Those those employees are selling. Yeah, they have Pokemon, they have Yu Gi Oh, they, they have board have, games. Yeah, board games. I remember when I the little stint I had in Force of Will, like mm-hmm. they that's a lot of knowledge to have. Granted, I get it. You know, you're a card shop worker or a game store worker. You should know your stuff. I get it. This is like needlessly complicating the whole rarity and foil non foiling. And now I, I you I think you or Anthony was telling me like, and when you guys opened that Wildsville drain. Mm-hmm. Like there's like a special edition foil, like that's yeah. like not regular foil, but it's like a, a foiling specific to the that, block. That happens in in like every set now. There's also on top of a showcase frame. There's a there's a foil specific to the, and it's not so, block. It's a set. I'm not sure if I have an issue with that at all, but I do have an issue with like with the like the the fact that there's so many different versions of specific cards. Yeah, of every card, really. Is it like is it that often? Not the special showcase foiling, but every card has a showcase version. Mm, So I guess to answer your question, like even just garbage commons will have showcase versions. Well, I guess to answer your question, I would say I don't think this needs to exist. Like my question is also, how much can this possibly cost them? Because they have to pay somebody separate for the borderless version art. They have to pay somebody separate, separate artists, to, yeah. a separate artist to design the showcase. I mean, I know they're a huge company, but like, if they want to increase profit margins, you're, what you're doing is you're paying more to make these cards in the first place, and you're also making people pissed off. So, well, I guess that kind of loops back to what I was saying about it being predatory toward the consumer. I feel like it's like you dangle like a really nice product in front of their face and make it cost a lot, or the thing that they could buy like. It kind of almost feels like like name brand versus like store brand to me. Mm-hmm. Like you can buy the store brand booster pack, or you can buy this nice name brand collector like thing. Yeah. And like, yeah, this is good. This this is serviceable. But everyone always talks about these, right? Like that's that's the way they market it. They always market like the collector stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I'm not sure how this is for their profit margins. To be honest with you, I feel like it's got to be good. I, I'm not. I'm not positive because I know. I I know that you said that you, you don't think Arena has anything to do with it. I think Arena does have a role to play. I'm not sure how how many people play Arena. Granted, so like, I don't know the numbers behind that. I'm sure. I'm positive in my in my mind that during COVID those numbers skyrocketed. 
uh, and I'm sure they've probably dwindled and maybe leveled out by now. Mm-hmm. But I think that like I think this whole process was probably in response to that era of like when we were all closed in and they're like, okay, well, like if you're gonna buy boosters, you might as well buy the most expensive ones to make sure that you're getting worth your money, like your or rather your money's worth. Yeah. I sort of want to wrap this up a little bit. I want to ask, like, the big, big question here. Uh, will magic die if this keeps going? In-person magic? Can this get to the point where it's so bad that it even kills Commander in person? I feel like because the aftermarket exists, no. Okay. I think that th- what might Opening end up, packs might? I think that might be a thing of the past. Like, I, I don't think you're supposed to buy sealed product anymore. Uh, from just from like my impression of this, because mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't seem profitable for you, or even like even incentivized for, for somebody that is like like you know the college kid working minimum wage that plays like F and M on the weekend if there was an F and M to go to, mm-hmm. like that kid's not making a lot of money on the packs that he's getting. He's not like he's not getting his investment back because if he's right. if he's buying just a set booster. I mean, yeah, you might hit some cards that you need, but you probably won't. Some people are very happy about all of this because it's making all these game pieces very, very cheap. And my question would be like, well, then that's okay to have that opinion, sure. But then why would you ever buy a booster pack? And are we upset that booster packs would be a thing of the past? Are you? Yeah, to be honest with you. I mean, the less, the more people subscribe to that, though, the less packs get open and the more things are worth. So it's all, a, it's all a give and take. And to the audience member who's like, well, what about commander decks? And what about collector sample packs? And what about this and that? There, I know there's a lot more thing. I can't, we can't go into every single thing here, but it's all a factor. It's all just an overwhelming factor for all of this. Yeah, as somebody, as somebody that, that, that came from that, the, the old way... I, I think that this is definitely pushing us in a direction where we don't buy sealed anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if you pre-release anymore, because things are probably so cheap. Even like the weird rare variants of cards like have dropped the price of like a rare. Like a, you, you buy a rare showcase, whatever the adjective is. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the price of that because it comes in like five different flavors. You can find the cheapest one, and so accessibility is is better. So I don't think the game will die necessarily. Yeah. But I think, I think sealed and limited is probably a thing of the past because I think that as it'd a play- be hard to retrain people to be like it used to be. Well, not only that, but I think it's really difficult to get somebody that is like I said that college kid that wants to play F and M every weekend to be like, oh, okay, my incentive is I get packs. Like that kid doesn't want packs. Right. That kid only wants collector packs, maybe. Or store credit so he can like cash in on a single in the case. Right. So so what? So right, why you, why do the, why do the boosters even exist then? Why are we even doing it then? Because that's the only way you can get products, but not really because secret layer. Yeah, I, I feel like almost like eighty eighty eight secret layers. I think in twenty twenty two, and most eight, of them eight, are eighty eight eighty eight secret layers in twenty twenty two, and most of them are commander staples. And secret layers are the things that replace from the vault. From the vault used to have one a year. There's eighty eight last year. Wow. Yeah, it's direct to consumer. You know what you're getting, but not really because there's oh. always a random bonus card. Oh, so they still put like chase cards. They in still the... put randomness in it. Yeah, but it's but it's a, you at least know what most of it is. Yeah, I would almost say that. I don't even hate that. I don't. I don't I think, think that's bad necessarily. I think, I think the frequency is kind of too high, but it's not bad necessarily. But 
it is kind of like, again, back with the tinfoil hat, it's kind of like, what, do they just want you to buy singles? Do they, do they even care about their own packs anymore? Which they, when they probably make way more off of secret layers. Yeah, you know, if Because I, all they have to do is print four, four or five different cards, a huge, massive sheet of them, and sell those specific four cards to people. That can't be as expensive as randomly seeding packs. Could you could you imagine a world where they they keep the like all those like weird variants and rarities and foiling and whatever in those collector boosters and they 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 uh, sunsetted completely the 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 set and the draft boosters and they they said guys if you want any card you can order it directly from us for whatever and then and then they, they make like the the, <laughs> the collector booster like an absurd amount to get like the chase version of the cards. Or maybe they 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 change. I don't you're, know. You're talking about like Fahrenheit 451. Like, oh yeah, like dystopian reality. Oh yeah, because because I feel like in in this point, like there's no there's. No, I was talking to an LGS just the other day, and they, and they go, "We didn't open any of that uh, any of that set because there was no incentive for us to open any of that set." Yeah. So like we're just gonna take in, you know, we're gonna sell these packs yeah. to the consumers, and the you know nine times out of ten. The, the the kid that opens the pack, he's going to take the most expensive card in the pack and leave the, the rest on the table. It happens all the time. Because mm-hmm. he's chasing the one card. He's not chasing the, you know, the, the two penny commons that, like... Because he doesn't play standard anymore, apparently. He plays commander. And that's oh. it. So... So... I, it, you can't... You, so you can't kill magic, but we might we might see even bigger changes if this doesn't shift. I think that's the, the, the vibe that I'm getting. Yeah, we might even keep seeing like more and more direct to consumer changes yeah i mean uh even so the maybe not all of that right away definitely not all of that right away i don't think booster packs are going anywhere anytime soon but i think that shifting away and short printing those and maybe printing more secret layers that have to do with the set or something like that we could see more of for sure i don't know no you know it's an interesting concept i I I really want to know the audience's yeah, yeah definitely this. definitely leave us a comment below and see like what what do you think guys because i'm kind of in this loop now that i'm just like everybody is I, there's no answer to this i i think that i think that the, uh, there's no going backwards mm-hmm. i think this is only going to get worse and, and if, worse if, is relative yeah worse is relative yeah. again you could love all these showcases yeah. and i love all the different you know, whatever, oh, whatever 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 that's worse is relative it could go further that's a better way of putting it. It definitely could go further, and yeah. I think I think we might get to the point where, again, dystopian world mindset. I think we get rid of the set booster completely, and instead of there being like this small, like I see them on the shelf there, the small little collector booster of like six packs or whatever, it is a it's a full on box, and that it, it, like either you buy your draft or you buy your collector, and that's it. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, do you still enjoy magic? Well, now that I'm back, uh, I do think it's the game. It's still the same game. Still the same game, but it's just different, like, look. I guess first and foremost, I'll say I'll I'll answer yes. I I do still enjoy magic. Are you more negative or more positive on it? I'd have to say I'm still more positive on it. I I think I'm cautiously optimistic about things. Um, I'm, I'm happy that... I'm happy that I come back and there's a lot more things that are going on, a lot more mechanics there seems to be. Like... Battles are very unique, whether or not they're good, whatever. But uh, that's like some of the the newer stuff that I've experienced. There's like battles is one of them. I I like that there's a a, a a higher frequency of cadence in terms of mechanics, 
but also I'm kind of scared of that because I, I came from an era where like we played a whole a whole block of this mechanic, a whole block of this mechanic, and that was like a whole year. Yeah. So I guess in short, I'll say we can be cautious. I'm, ca- I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> okay. Okay, guys, I want to wrap this up. We can go on for hours, but I wanted to thank our patrons, especially Professor Turtle Dude. Uh, you'll be getting your pack opened any day now here. You probably already have it open by the time this one goes live. Uh, if you want to support us, um, you can do two different things to support us financially. Um, you can either go to the Patreon and enter our MTG pack of the month. Uh, you can also just do the uh, lowest tier, which is the $5 tier, just to throw us a little bone. Um, tell us that you you love us. Give us a little kiss on the uh, metaphorical cheek. But you can also be a part of the community uh, without financially supporting us by entering the Discord. You can also comment down below. This will be on YouTube and on all places where you can find a podcast. So if you're listening on YouTube and want to instead listen in the background in your car, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of that, it'll be up on. So I just wanted to thank everybody, and Christos, you want to say anything else to everybody? Keep enjoying opening packs for Yeah, now. you know, don't don't let anything I say discourage you from opening packs. We still love magic. Yeah, still love magic. Um, this is just a journey, man. Uh, but thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, guys. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Bye-bye.